Welcome to the CX Fanatics podcast, the show that helps DTC businesses increase revenue, referrals, and retention through exceptional customer experience. Tune in weekly for interviews, insights, and inspiration that will catapult not only your profits, but your growth. I'm your host, Elisa Connor. Let's get into the show. Hello, hello, and welcome to the show. Thanks so much for tuning in today. Um, This week, we are finishing up our three-part series, and we are talking about customer experience after the sale, which is where most of the time uh, customer experience falls. And so before we dive into this um, specific aspect of the customer experience cycle, um, if you haven't listened to or watched parts one and two of this, I highly recommend it because I very much encourage you and all of my clients to interweave customer experience throughout the customer life cycle. And so a lot of times customer experience falls um, almost wholly on the customer service team. And yet we can do a lot of proactive things in the pre, before they come customers, during the the sales process, and then finally after the sales process to not only create happy customers um, that are satisfied, but also turn them into rating fans. So customer experience normally lives at the end of the sales cycle, but I want you to think about ways that you can create an easier experience for your customer service team by the time the customers get to them so that they are not handling, you know, just problems all the time. Also, um, before we dive into this, the customer service team is a wealth of information about your customers. And if you aren't tapping into them to find out, you know, the biggest problems that you can address in, you know, before people come become customers or during the sales um, process, you are really leaving a lot of opportunity um, at bay. So think about ways that you can gather information from that team and create action steps that you can implement throughout the life cycle of your customers, because they really are going to know your customers better probably than anyone else in your organization, only because they have the most interaction with those customers. So without further ado, let's talk about how we can implement effective customer experience throughout um, the post-sales cycle. Also, I'm going to bring up some examples of things that I've seen that are not working so great and that will, well, most in most instances, deter people from not only reordering if you have a subscription membership, but also um, deter people from sharing their positive experience with others that they know so that you can take advantage of them referring friends, family, all of those people that they know to your product or service um, without having to spend a ton of money on doing additional marketing. So we want to ensure that we are nailing this customer service thing, um, especially at the end of the sale, post-sale. And so many times, so many times, um, the ball is dropped. And let's not start the blame game <laughs> instead or the you know that's me um and the beat ourselves up game instead let's look at what we can do to modify that experience going forward because a lot of times it can be overwhelming to say oh geez we totally did that but it's okay every opportunity is a learning opportunity and so that's what i want you to take away from this episode so how many times have you ordered something and then you never received any 
kind of notification that the order even went through. Or you got, you know, that the the notification that the order went through, but then you never got any other emails as far as like where it was, when it was going to be delivered, or um, you know, I'm trying to think of what other things would come in that initial series. Um, uh, the the example that comes to mind is I do a lot of online courses to increase my knowledge and learn learn different things. Um, one of my passion projects is cooking. And so right now I'm doing an online course about um, how to film cooking videos. Cause I was just like, okay, I want to figure that out. It's kind of cool. Um, and so one of the things in the, not this particular course, but one of the things that I've noticed in other courses um, specifically, specifically around COVID and maybe a little thereafter, but it still happens. I just don't tend to buy as many business courses anymore because um, I have a ton of them. But what I do is that there is such a lack of communication between the initial signup and then your login information. You don't hear from people ever again unless they want to sell you something else. And so I think a better way to do this is to have an onboarding cycle where you're actually getting people in the course, getting them through the course and giving them um, the opportunity to understand like where they where they should be in their learning um, in order to get the results that they were promised before they signed up for the course. And so many times I have seen, and in fact, I just signed up for um, a Facebook ads. I don't know if it's a membership. I think it's, it, it's a course. I mean, it's a course and then he keeps adding different things. And so the first initial email was like, Hey, I, um, and this was a poor experience and I, and there were some things going on personally with him. So I understand like why it went this way. Um, but they didn't do a good job of rectifying the situation, I don't think. Um, but so I signed up for, it was a founding members program for Facebook Cats. Signed up for it. They're like, okay, well, when we have this many people, we're going to launch the course. And then they kept raising the number. Okay. When we have this many people and I was like, okay, I get it. You want to have as many people in there as you can. So you can make as much money before you start to create the course. That's something you do in the course world. And so meanwhile, I had, I had told, I had referred a friend to this that has um, a, she's an author. And so she's selling her books and wants to do ads for those. And she's like, Hey, I got access to the course. I was like, what? Like I was one of the first people to sign up and I still didn't get access to it. So there were no, there was no correspondence other than the first email that was like, Hey, we'll start this. So then I got a couple of emails that were like, here's your login information. Here's the, um, you know, access to the course, set up your credentials. And that was it. And then the next email I got was an upsell for something else. And then the next email I got was an upsell for something else. And I was like, I haven't even opened the other course yet. Like I barely logged in and set up my credentials. Yeah, boo on me, but I also got to the party late. And then, oh, I know there was another email in there asking me for a, um, a review, like a positive review. And I was like, or a uh, testimonial. I'm all far as customer experience in that particular instance, it wasn't great because there was no like, Hey, you should check out this, or this is what we talked about, or, um, this is where you should be with, with your ad setup or anything like that. Um, and I just felt like it was too soon to start selling to me, especially since I hadn't made it through the course material and there. And I, I know the platform that this person uses because I've been on that platform before. And so I know very well 
that you have the capability of going in and creating automations around um, your students based on how much of the material they have opened or taken action on. And so I want you to take that example um, as something that is an opportunity for you, whether you're a online course creator and you are wanting to meet your people with a more customized and personalized email sequence, you have the capability to do that if you have the correct software. I um, know for sure that he uses Kajabi and Kajabi is very, very good at that. Now, I am um, investigating another online course platform right now um, that I'm super excited to tell you about, but I do not want to um, put the cart before the horse. Uh, I want to test it out first. So keep stay tuned for that if you're in that space. But if you have a subscription business that is not a service-based, so it's not an online digital product or something like that, you may be going, okay, so how does this apply to me? Well, the same thing. So if you're walking through your customer experience and you're thinking, okay, um, this person just ordered, let's use an example of somebody who does this exceptionally. Um, I recently ordered, we're having a surprise party for my mom on Saturday. So um, by the time you hear this episode, the party will be over. But um, anyway, and so I went on Etsy and there were these uh, customizable chocolate lollipops for lack of a better term and they they were like they said they had 80 on them and then they personalized the little ties with the cellophane with their name and birthday or whatever your message was um and so i wasn't going to order them because i was like oh i don't know if they're going to get here in time and i just or it was just like last thursday or friday that i thought oh i should probably have um some little gifts for the people that are coming and so i reached out to the lady and i said oh i don't you tell me, like, do you think they'll get here on time? And she's like, if you order before blah, blah, blah. And she wrote me back right away. If you get, if you order before blah, 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 um, they'll get there in time. And so they're coming today and it's Tuesday and the party is on Saturday. So she didn't shout out to her. I don't know her name right now, but <laughs> um, I'll link it in the, the show notes. If you guys are interested in, in ordering those, because she does all kinds of customized chocolate and Anyway, long story short is that when you order from Etsy, you not only get an email from Etsy that says, hey, we got your order, um, you get updates. So you get an update that says, hey, it's processing, um, it's getting ready to ship, it's shipped, and then I got one this morning that says, your order's out for delivery, so keep an eye out for it. And so very much like Amazon, they have 100% mimicked the same constant customer connection that Amazon does. And so I tell you this story because they are doing a good job of mimicking the top-notch customer experience gurus. And if you're not doing that, if you're not meeting your people with that information that is readily available to people, depending on, you know, every kind of software platform has that capability at this point, um, at least the reputable ones do. And if you're not implementing that for your business, that's why you're struggling with keeping and retaining customers in your subscription services. Um, and so when we can communicate, and a lot of times it isn't like this, it don't, they don't have to be 90 mile long emails. It just has to be like, hey, this is what you can expect. And so because Amazon has set the bar so high, 
We have the responsibility as business owners, regardless of our size of business, to meet those expectations because if for the only reason our customers have the expectation that Amazon has set. And so if you aren't meeting that, you're already falling behind. And that's the last thing that I want for you. And a lot of times, specifically with businesses that might feel like they're a little bit more behind in technology, that's the struggle point. Like that's why you're losing people. That's why people are not sharing their love of your business. It's something so simple as refining that follow-up series for your customers. Now that's just part one. That's the actual, they've ordered, follow-up, delivery, all of that stuff. That is part one of what the follow-up piece for your customers looks like. And so the next piece of that is additional trust and relationship building. And this is where things go awry. <laughs> so um, with, as an example, um, that you could do as a follow-up with this besides, you know, just the delivery or, and I was trying to think of, an, of a specific service industry and I had an example in my notes. So last week, if you listen to the episode, I gave a really specific um, example for a heating and air conditioning service company of how they could create a subscription for their business. So if you missed it, I'll link it up here. You can go and check out that video and you can get the whole scoop on that. So to follow up on that example, something that you could do after you've had the initial emails of, hey, um, Fred's gonna come out and service your air conditioning at this time. Um, you can expect him to call you 20 minutes before, blah, 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 all of those things. That would be the initial delivery series that I just talked about. Well, the next series of follow-up things that you could have is that if they are coming, becoming a subscription member, is where's the value that you can deliver to them next. So when they sign up for that subscription service, one of the things you could send them is an intro video to the best care tips for your furnace or your air, air conditioning. And you could have those scheduled, determined by uh, the season. So like right now it's fall, People might be thinking about their air conditioner like as far as cleaning it up, but probably not. They're thinking about furnace. And so you may have in there some tips for ensuring that your furnace is working well, things that you can look for, and a, a link in there that says schedule your upcoming fall cleaning maintenance and service schedule or something like that. And so if that's the case, you could also have an intro video in there that's that talks about the importance of replacing your furnace filter regularly, regularly. And if that's the case, they may need a video to know how to do that. And most furnaces, I believe, I'm not a furnace expert, so forgive me if I'm incorrect, don't write, don't comment below and tell me <laughs> I said the wrong thing because I don't know. Ask the furnace people, but I'm just, as an example, uh, you could do a video that is a general tutorial on how to change that filter, how long it takes and, my guess is, is that it would be very short because a lot of people, um, I know how to do it, but I would need a reminder. And so if it's, it seems very simple for people that are in that industry, like you just do this and this, but if you haven't done it or you don't do it, you know, every month or every week or something until you've done it in muscle memory for a while, 
you're not going to remember. So this is something you could send out to them every three months. Hey, your furnace filters are at your house. You got them when we did our inspection and cleaning. Uh, it's time to change the filter. Here's the little video to walk you through how to do it. It's going to take you five minutes, something like that. But that's extra. And it's, it's not something that they would be expecting. And so when we can give our customers the opportunity to experience surprise and delight, that, that right there is the magic. That's the magic sauce. Because when we surprise and delight our customers with something they didn't plan on, then they want to share that with other people. That's just natural human instinct. They want to share like, hey, I had this really great experience. Let me tell you about it. So that's what we're looking for in that next series. When, um, here, here's another example. When it's not done great. <laughs> um, and I really like this company. And um, hey, Kitch, if you're listening, reach out. I'd love to help you. So there is a bar shampoo company that um, I've talked about a little bit before on previous episodes, but it's new to me. Um, and I really like them. And the re there's a couple of reasons why I like them. One, I like that they are very environmentally cautious. It's bar shampoo and conditioner. So you're not adding more plastic into the landfill, which I really, really like, which is one of the reasons that I switched to them. It also is really great shampoo. Uh, this past weekend, I was painting, and when you are a creative person and you paint, it's sort of like contained chaos. And so the people in my family are like, how in the world do you have paint everywhere? How did you manage that? And that's I, I don't have an, an answer other than um, creativity is contained chaos most of the time. And so I had paint in my hair because I would be, you know, reaching over and my head was too close and anyway, long story short, is that I used the shampoo and it got the good majority of the paint out of my hair. So other than that, um, the first time I ordered, their follow-up series after I ordered, now their uh, delivery series was pretty good. It, it wasn't as good as Etsy or Amazon, but it, I would rate it probably a seven and a half to eight out of 10. I mean, they, they had quite a few emails they could do a little better. I'll just put it that way, because I know that the capability is there. But then what followed after that, not so good, because within about two weeks, they're like, hey, are you ready to reorder? I'm like, I haven't even used this, like, because I don't wash my hair every day. Most people that live in Colorado don't, because it's so dry here. Um, if you wash your hair every day, it's going to be like straw. And so it to me, that timing of that email rather than like, hey, you need a refill, it should have been more about like, here's some things to know about your new shampoo. Here are some things to look out for to make sure you've chosen the right formula or whatever, because they have multiple formulas. If you are experienced this, this, and this, then you might need this one if that's not the one you ordered. And the, they should know which one you ordered. So to customize it even more, if it's feeling great, then here's some other things that you should know about that. Um, and if it's not working at all, then, you know, here's our return or exchange policy or whatever it might be. I don't, I don't know, you know, in detail too much about their product line. I didn't go investigate it too, too deeply, but instead of, Hey, here's 15% off or here, it's time for you to reorder, which was what the email was. And knowing the other important piece of that 
is they know or they should know on average how long one of their shampoo bars lasts. And my guess is, is it lasts longer? And I know now at that time I didn't, that it lasts much longer than two weeks. It's probably more like six weeks. And so at the four week turn is when you should probably be start seeing those emails. But in between weeks zero and four, you could be adding value and you could be providing a experience that your their customers did not expect. And it can you can have fun with it. You could, you know, the craziest things to craziest ways to lather your hair, the craziest things you can do with lathered hair. I mean, I don't care what what they would do, but they could have fun with that and they could get to know their customers. And then every time that that customer clicked on something, they would know more about them and they could gather data about them and then put that into their little database. Now you have AI to accumulate some of that data and process that data. And then you can create a more customized experience rather than here, buy some more stuff. Or, you know, what I would have liked was the opportunity to have an experience with the shampoo as a customer and then be given the opportunity to have the benefit of creating a subscription that matched when what my buying time was. And so rather than just like automatically pushing the sale again. So that's an example of a post-purchase email and nurture campaign that didn't go well. And I know for specifically the wine industry, which is another industry that I've uh, been in, engaged in, they are not good about any kind of communication over email, perhaps texting, but normally it's just buy more stuff. And I get that from the perspective of you're a company and you want people to purchase. But if you go back to the beginning of the series and even the episode prior to that, the way that people are purchasing and the generations of people that are purchasing is 100% changing. And we have to adapt our business model for those buyers. It's not the other way around. They're not going to meet you where you're at. You're ready for them to buy. That's not their problem. They're not ready to buy and they don't trust you enough to buy. And so you building the relationship as throughout this experience is going to entice them to not only stay in a wine club or promote the wine club for you or add to the wine club or whatever that might be to increase sales, but it has to go the opposite way of what it's going now. And so I use the example of people coming to the vineyard signing up for the wine club because they're in that moment and they're excited and then they get home and either they have too much wine and they're not drinking it, which is another problem that you could be solving or um, they're just not excited about it anymore. So they cancel. And I just recently uh, last week watched a conference series uh, recording that they had and the attrition rate for the wine industry is 30% and they're okay with that. And I'm like, even if you dropped that by 10%, your revenue would exponentially increase, but it's not a priority because they don't want to take the time to put this kind of action plan. And I don't say everyone, some, some companies and not just the wine industry. I don't want to just pick on them, but don't want to take the initiative to put this post sale 
process into place to get to know their customers even more deeply, which is what's going to be required. Stop, come back to me, listen to this part. It is going to be and is now required to build deeper relationships with your customers. If you're not doing that, your business is going to struggle. So if you don't have this action plan in place, now is the time for you to think through as a whole, what is next for your customers after they purchase? How, how are you not, how are you building that relationship? How are you increasing trust? And how will you one, either get them to purchase again, if it's a subscription model, or two, move them into a purchase of something similar or that would be fulfill their next need? And how are you going to personalize that for that customer? So I'm, I'm emphasizing that because so few people are doing it and it is now expected. I just finished saying Amazon is at the bar. What do you think Amazon does after you purchase? Oh, look here, you bought this. You know what else you probably need? This, 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 this. Oh, you were looking at this? You probably would like this, this, this. So they're already doing it. So not only have they set the bar for customer experience, for delivery and follow-up and all of those things, they have now they have also set the customer experience for follow-up to get people to continue to purchase. So think about how are you going to execute that exceptionally from the time of purchase? And then how are you going to continue that exceptional experience after they have already purchased and have been a customer for a while? So that is uh, leading us to the second second insight for this episode. So first is to deliver and execute an exceptional customer experience. Second thing is, rather than guessing what your customers want, use the information that your customer experience team and your customer service team gather and equip them with the right questions to ask to gather information from your customers because it makes it so much easier if you're not throwing a dart and hoping you hit something with your next offer with your next discount with your next sale with your next promotion if you just already know the answer because you've taken the time to ask current customers and people love to talk if you give them the opportunity, especially if it's about them. And so I think there's a misnomer that customers don't wanna have conversations, but I think they're actually craving to have those conversations because what that says about your company is that you actually care about them as a person and they're not just a number to you. Now, does that mean you can do the, you can have a conversation with every customer? Probably not. But you also don't want to just have conversations with customers that are upset with you or with your company. You want to have conversations that are a overview of your entire organization if possible. So you want people that are happy, but you can't just take the happy with the, you know, and only do what they want. And you can't just take the people that are mad and only do what they want. You have to have a combination of 
happy, middle ground, you know, sort of satisfied, and then people that are not satisfied. And then you can take that information and you can compile it and create a better experience for everyone. And so um, one of the ways, if we go back to the shampoo follow-up, one of the things they could do, could have done in their follow-up email sequence to improve customer experience is start asking questions. Like um, I wrote some down here that, uh, you know, as, a, as I was going through them, I was like, okay, um, instead of saying, hey, it's time to reorder, what they could have said is, have you tried your shampoo? And then had like, click here for yes. And then you all it would have to do is have a little a link that that yes would go into your CRM and they would know exactly when you started using the shampoo and it could send you to a page that's like celebrating your brand new hair and like here's three other things you, you can know and it doesn't have to be complicated it was like just be like cheering woohoo you you know you've embarked on a new journey and you're saving you've saved this many plastic containers already you know or this much water i don't know whatever they want to do you could also put in that survey or a different email is like okay we saw that you tried the shampoo so awesome great great work uh now we're curious like how's it working and then hit reply to this email and let us know or click here and you know tell us in three sentences or less what you like or don't like or what you know whatever and people will but if you make it complicated and you put all of these questions into one email too overpowering like I don't, I have, um, I heard and I read a study one time that if you give people more than three choices on anything, your brain will just zone out. It, it's too much because it's not because people are not smart and they can't figure it out. It's because they don't have the energy to focus on more than three things at a time. And if you give them more than three choices, they just won't make a choice. So a lot of times when I go to, Instagram, what's so overwhelming is that you'll click on the link in bio and they have like 30 links. And I'm like, all right, bye. I'm like, I just, I don't even want to read it because you're on your phone, you're busy, you just stopped for a reason. Um, you know, maybe you're trying to find, uh, for me, I'm always, I have a lot of uh, food chant, not channels, but um, food accounts that I follow. And they'll have a recipe and there's nothing more annoying than you go and then you have to dig through all their pictures to, you know, click it and then you have to dig through all the pictures and find the one that you're looking at and, and then eventually you get to the page, but it's just, it should be quicker than that. Um, so when you're executing these surveys and such, keep that in mind. Like the more simple you can keep them, the shorter you can keep them. And you can send multiple ones. You don't have to send them every day, but this also is building rapport. And as you're gathering that information, it's giving you ammunition about what to deliver to those people next to customize and personalize their experience. So if they wrote back, no, I haven't tried the shampoo, you could have a totally separate set of emails that went out to those people that said, oh, well, we're curious why haven't you you know why haven't you tried it yet do you have sh other shampoo you're trying to use up like give us a little bit more information 
And they may or may not respond, but chances are they probably will. And it doesn't have to be complicated. The easier you make it, the better, but that gives you more information. And, or they bought it for a gift. So then that gives you an opportunity to remarket to them because they bought it for someone else. Oh, well, did you get one for yourself? How come? Why didn't you get one for yourself? Did they like the gift? You know, you can follow up all day long with that. And then, you know, did the person that you gave it to use it? Do they like it? Because if you don't know the answer to that, you don't know how to customize your, your going forward email series to them. Instead, they're getting emails that said, hey, did you try the shampoo? Do you want to order a new one? Well, they didn't even use the shampoo because they bought it as a gift and they gave it to someone else. And so it's not personalized. So then they're annoyed because you keep emailing them about purchasing more shampoo when they didn't use the shampoo to begin with. So do you see how powerful it can be when you have when you have that information that you're gathering from these simple questions that you can put out in an email once a week, twice a week, whatever you feel comfortable with. And then gathering the information based on what they click on in that email or how they respond and putting it in your CRM, it becomes very powerful because then with the holidays coming up, you have the opportunity to reach out to those person and say, hey, last year we saw that you purchased a gift for and whatever they tell you friend, family, whatever. And um, we just wanted to let you know, we're running a great stocking stuffer special this, this year. And you can get three shampoos and two conditioners for whatever, 40% off, whatever they want to do. But that is a very different email than here's a coupon for 15% off to buy your next shampoo. Which one is more attractive to you as a, as a buyer? Something that's more personalized for you based on your previous buying behavior or just a general email that goes to everyone. Chances are you're liking the personal one, personalized one as well, because it makes you feel valued as a person and as a customer, which is what we're aiming for. So those are some of the things that you can think about um, with your own product and service is like, how do you gather information from your customers in multiple ways. So whether that's email or your salespeople or your customer experience people or all of those people, and where do you gather that information so that you can compile it, analyze it and make decisions going forward? And then what decisions are you going to make? Because you're not gonna create a personalized email for every person that bought a gift of shampoo, but you would have a sequence that goes out to those people and you know who those people are because you've gathered the intel about them, which the easiest way I think to do that is via email and, you know, having them click on a certain link and then attaching that to your CRM. But that's way too much detail. I don't want you guys to get overwhelmed on that, but you know, you would have one series for those people and then you have a different series for people that are actually the purchasers and using the product. And it's much easier to create a personalized experience that feels personal just by gathering that information. So that's step number two is gather as much information as you can from all of your assets um, and then utilize that to increase personalization and customization for your customers. And then last but not least, um, there's uh, so much opportunity here and yet it's so often ignored or not done well. And that is to make it super easy for your customers to share their experience in about with your with your product or service. And so often 
businesses are so focused on how they're going to present their product or service that they don't utilize or take um, advantage of their customer's experience. And so whether that's a video or a written testimonial or a review or whatever that looks like, and it's so easy now to get people to do, to, to uh, have people record video testimonials with our smartphones that it makes it so easy for us to do that. Yet we don't put that as a priority because we are really focused on what we want as a business instead of what our customers have to say. And so when you are looking, which, which is why user generated content for businesses that do embrace this is not only popular, but it goes viral so quickly because there's nothing better in the world to promote your product than someone who is having a wonderful experience or has had a wonderful experience with what you do and is willing to share and talk about that and create some content around it. So if we go back to a wine club, like you can make it such an exceptional experience for your wine club members that when they open that box, they are not only surprised and delighted, but they have an invitation to share their experience with their wine. So for example, you could have people that order wine for the holidays and you include in there something extra and it could be whatever you want. I don't know. Throw, I'm throwing a, a, an exclusive wine opener that makes it easy to open wine. I'm just going to, I don't know if that's feasible or not, but I'm just going to throw it out there. But these wine club members should be treated like the asset that they are. And so often they aren't. They're just treated as another, here's, we're going to ship this out to you. Instead of being like, those are your biggest fans. They join the wine club. They're excited about your wine. They want to share your wine. They want to be given the opportunity to tell people how great you are, but you are not giving the, them the opportunity to share that. And you're not making yourself memorable in their mind. So if you were really to think through the customer experience with your wine club members and whether, you know, what does it look like for them to be taking your wine out and either gifting it to someone for the holidays one one campaign or serving your wine at their holiday table, for example, at Thanksgiving, what does that look like? And what can you do to raise the bar on that experience? And that is what people can create content around. When you have the opportunity for them to showcase not only your product, but what it means to their experience, that's powerful stuff. And that sells more wine clubs. So one of the things that I see where this goes awry is that one, people are either not given the opportunity to share their experience or two, they, it's so hard for them to do it. And it's so challenging for them to get the information to who they want to get it to or um, create that feedback or share that feedback, create meaning user-generated content that it's so challenging. They're just like, I don't, I don't have the brain power for this. I'm not doing it. So an easy way to do this would be, you know, you create that exceptional experience with the wine club delivery, for example. And then in there you have three ways for them to share their experience or, you know, over the holidays. 
and you script it out and you say, hey, when you tag us on Instagram with your, you know, holiday toast and what, you know, everybody said about your choice in wine, because it's not your wine, it's their choice in serving wine. Or, you know, share with us your experience of giving the gift of our wine to someone else and when they got to try it or um, at your holiday party and all of those things, like you could give them a whole stack of ideas for their wine club. Then that puts the power back in their hands, but you make it easy for them to say, and upload it here. And then we're going to give away a prize of, you know, one bottle of our exclusive blah, blah, blah collection for 2023. And people get so excited about that, especially if they already like your product. So think about how you could apply that to your business and uh, make sure that you're following up and asking for those reviews and testimonials and such, but in a way that it is so easy for people to say yes and not complicated because the more complicated you make it, the more likely it is going to get brushed under the rug. And so people have a limited amount of time and the better we manage their time for our requests, the more likely they're going to say yes. So that is a wrap for this series. Woo, that was a good series, huh? It was kind of long. But after the sale, just a, a wrap up of those three points is one, to create and execute a plan around your post customer experience. So after they purchased. Number two was to ask questions of your customers and not make assumptions about what they are or aren't doing with your product or service and how you can better uh, meet them where they are with customer experience. Do not assume, don't throw spaghetti at the wall, don't throw a dart at the wall and just hope you hit something. Um, go and ask those questions and take the input from every department and team member and compile it in one place and then analyze it and make the best use of it. And then last but not least is make it really easy for your customers to give you feedback and to share their experience with uh, about your share, share their experience with your product or service. So thanks so much for tuning in this week. I'll be back next week with another episode and I would love to hear uh, in the comments below what your biggest takeaway was and what you're going to implement next. If you've enjoyed this episode, I would love for you to share it with a friend. If you're on YouTube or on your favorite pad podcast app, podcast app, I would love for you to subscribe to the show so that you don't miss upcoming shows and interviews. I will have some interviews coming probably later this year into next year. I'm still working on some of the details for those. So Thanks so much for tuning in. Have a wonderful week. Take care and I will see you soon. Did you miss something in the show today? Didn't have time to take notes listening on the go? No worry. I've taken notes for you. You can head on over to dtcgrowthclub.com forward slash podcast and there will be links and a description to today's episode. In the meantime, take care, stay well, and I'll see you soon.